Pete Phillips join forces to plant a seed of knowledge and then we water it with some background research we feed it with facts we pepper it with opinions and we watch a new idea bloom inside of your mind in other words we talk about horses and tell you things you didn't know you needed to know we're really going to try to not talk about horses this episode even though technically we already did (laughs) yep Marissa yeah. How's your week? Um. Marissa, tell me about your Sunday. Tell me about your Sunday. Oh, guys, I had my first improv performance. My improv class had our, our group performance. I loved everything about it, except that our group name was the Wild Eggs. I don't think I like an egg-related group How did you name. spell wild? We didn't write it on paper. Oh. May I suggest <laughs> um, W-Y-L-D? Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> but, uh, no, actually, we did really well. Everyone was laughing a lot. And um, we had to have people do monologues beforehand. And we were like, who's volunteering to do them? And and I was like, well, why don't we, whoever's moved, and then we'll have backup so that if no one volunteers, you know, the backup will take charge. And I was like, who should be a backup? And everyone was like, you should. You're really good on the spot. You're really, you're really good under pressure, Marissa. On the spot. Marissa, you're so good on the spot. I'm not making fun of voices. I know, I, just I am. Said I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm making fun of your voice. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. But so it was kind of cool. I'm better at improv than I think I thought I was going to be. So it was cool. People were saying I was pretty good at it. So that was nice. Yeah. I'm not just like complimenting myself. I assumed I was going to be bad. No, I, Marissa, I put you on the spot to talk about this. What? Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to again. Okay. No, okay. no, no. Pete, how was your Sunday? I maybe watched some basketball. I don't really know. Basketball. I did. I did meal prep for the week. Uh, okay. I went to the grocery store. You know, the huge. The huge. Okay. That's not really how was it. That's more like what did you do? Tell me. Okay. Okay. In it, was, order. it was normal. Okay. You know what? Spice it up. That wasn't in order. Because I had to go to the grocery store in order to do the meal prep. <laughs> I was going to call you a tangy man, but that's yep. weird. It's true. You tangy man. Guys, I feel like I have I have a creative fire. I just need to target it at something. <laughs> so call us at 570-PODWOD1. Give me an idea for something to do so that I can put my time to some good use. <laughs> I'll also accept career advice. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, guys, really, do it. Residential do it, advice. Is it time to buy in a town that I can't stand? Or should I keep renting? Uh, <laughs> and, hey, uh, you know the answers. Icebreaker. Icebreaker time. time. Okay. You have two choices. One is one that I already asked you slightly, and one is what I was going to use last episode. Would you rather answer, what video game would you like to be in and why? Or would you like to answer if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be, dead or alive? Um, I'll go with the video game. Okay. I'm going to go with Skate or Die 2. Skate or Die 2? Yeah. Okay. 
Skate or Die 2, there's two games that you can... Or I, I, I don't know the terminology. I'm not a gamer. <laughs> but <laughs> there's basically two games in one. In one game, you um, are a delivery boy. Mm-hmm. And you have to deliver packages around a mall. Is this a porno game? No. My okay. sister kicked ass at this part of the game. Okay. Uh, she would be able to deliver all these pa- basically you have like a half an hour to deliver all these packages and so like you drop off a package at a shoe store and they're like thanks this package goes to the i don't know the phone store so then you have to find the phone store my sister always been good with directions and even in the game when the stores would move i think um she would be like i know where to go for this i know where to go for this and she was really good at it the second way that you could play skater die 2 was on the half pipe which I happen to excel at. I really enjoyed playing the game. And uh, now you might be saying, well, which one of those would you play? Or which one of those would you be in? And I don't I don't know if I know the answer. I, I'm inclined to be in the half pipe, and it's probably because I'm better at that particular part. But there's one thing that I remember about it. If you could pull off a certain trick, uh, you would get a 1,000 points. And if you got enough points, this woman would come out of a window... <laughs> And she would be like, ah, and little hearts would pop out of her head uh, because she, she loved you me. because you were so good at skateboarding. Did you actually, but it was implied and not on screen, did you actually do the 36 questions with her? Yeah. Yeah. Each time I went back to her side, <laughs> I had a question. And if then, you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to our last episode. Then I hung in the air and stared at her for four minutes straight. <laughs> I like it. How about you, Marissa? Video games are a very obscure area for me, so I hope nobody minds that I gave that much information about Skate or Die 2. I like that, but then I guess after I said that, I realized there were so many video games that like, we can both end up saying video games that nobody knows. Marissa, are you going to say Skate or Die 2 as well? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I would say, well, like I said, now I feel bad because I feel like no one's going to know what this is. No, okay. One of oh. two. I would say, I'm going to say one that I feel like you don't know, and then I'm going to go to one that I think you do know. The one you probably don't know is, no, I'm torn on three. Okay. And all of them are based on their beauty. Uh, There's a game called Clonoa, which is about... uh, Oh, yeah, Clonoa. I love that game. You're lying. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's based on a dreamland. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But um, do you know Yoshi's Island? Give me a system. SNES? Yes. Okay. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's a tie between Yoshi's Island and Donkey Kong Country. Both are beautiful. Okay. They're beautiful, scenic games. They have good soundtracks, even though music doesn't play in the background of real life. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not yours. It's full of adventure. I feel like I would be great friends with the monkeys. I feel like Donkey Kong is pretty good looking. Were I a monkey myself? Um, Yoshi's Island is... I feel like you seem to think that Donkey Kong is good-looking and you are not a monkey yourself. (laughs) Yoshi's Island is actually... Shut up! Donkey Kong is stunning. Stunning? No, I'm sorry. Yoshi's Island is stunning. I would love to be friends with a little Yoshi. Um, The colors are beautiful. There's fruit all over the place that you can just eat, pick fruit from any tree, and uh, it has a beautiful soundtrack. That's it. Mine was more simple than yours, but I'm going with it. 
Is there a video game that you would never want to be in? Earthworm Jim. Okay. Despite the fact that I love that video game. It's gross. There is a um, um, a level where they just throw puppies out a window, and you have a gigantic marshmallow, and you're supposed to bounce the puppies to safety. But if you do not bounce the puppies to safety, they splat on the ground, and that's disgusting. You? I was going to say Metroid 2 on uh, Game Boy because Why? I didn't know how to play it. <laughs> but <laughs> even though I didn't know how to play it, I just went through the motions. I and got to the same point, which was only like three minutes into the game. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that reason. Speaking of uh, video games that I don't want to be in... <laughs> Speaking of Marissa's topic, uh, you know, moving off of this uh, concept of beautiful games, <laughs> I'm going to talk about ugliness this episode <laughs> because I had a busy day and I didn't get a chance to do the other thing, which I will cover on a later episode. On Instagram, I follow an account for an organization in Los Angeles that is called the Women's Center for Creative Work. Uh, when Marissa was at my apartment, she picked up the postcard that I have from them, and she was like, what is this? <laughs> it's just three people's backs. Okay. Um, anyway, they have a variety of workshops, and they produce a number of pamphlets about creativity, not the least of which is one that I ordered, which is called On Artists and Hopelessness. Okay. Which, you know. Um, Ooh. They, they recently, uh, in March, I believe, in early March, hosted a session where they discussed something that I had never heard of before, and uh, the topic was facism or lookism. Uh, Marissa, any guesses? Uh, no. When you judge people on their ugliness. Yeah, it's discrimination based on your appearance. That would be lookism. Specifically on your face, that would be facism. Um, but facism sounds a lot like, and sounds a lot like fascism. Yeah. So that can make it kind of hard to track down because Google's like, no, you mean fascism. And you're like, no, I don't mean fascism. I mean fascism. <laughs> By the way, okay. one of these is a Korean drama of some sort, some sort of animated Korean thing. Uh, I don't remember if it's fascism or lookism, but I think it might be lookism, okay. uh, which I was I was open to you knowing about. Um, so you, if you look for fascism, you might find yourself finding articles about body fascism which is described as, quote, prejudice or discrimination based on a person's weight and appearance. And an article was written um, where a woman, well, rather in the article that comes up first in my Google search, uh, it was about a woman who was reassigned and then let go from her job at a front desk in a hotel because she had, according to the management, quote, an Ellen DeGeneres kind of look. Oh, God. And this was, in, this was in Iowa in 2007, if that makes it sound any more permissible. <laughs> okay. uh, ultimately, though, she earned the right to sue the hotel for discrimination because they discriminated against her based on her appearance. Body fascism is kind of a contemporary term, but Wikipedia reminds us that its core dates back to Buddhist teaching about separating the spirit, soul, being of a person from their physical appearance because mm -hmm. if you follow that your physical appearance can change over over time and so you can't attach too much to it because it is just temporary and physical for most of us i don't think it's really all that earth-shattering a concept that good-looking people have it a little easier than people who are not so good-looking i mean yeah and if you've never felt that way there's a good chance you're very good-looking <laughs> 
For sure. But um, fascism extends a bit more, and that was actually the subject of this particular seminar session that they were running, because some people can have traditionally unattractive faces for a variety of reasons, including that you were born with condition, a disease, uh, uh, something like that, that has disfigured your face. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not your fault. Perhaps there was, you know, some accident or something as well. So, yeah, like, you know, there's a lot of things that are beyond our control that kind of affect the way that we look. And so it's kind of something to think about. I found it interesting as something that exists and has a label to it, not to mention such a flat-out, obvious label to it. Yeah. I think many of us would say that beauty is sort of a subjective thing. So Marissa thinks that Yoshi's Island is beautiful. You might sit and watch Yoshi's Island and be like, this is garbage, I don't want to watch this. Also, you should probably play it, not just watch it. I would think... No, just watch it. (laughs) Just watch Marissa play it. (laughs) Okay. So in order for all of this to make sense on a very broad scale, we have to identify a definition of beauty. And then we have to address why people don't fall into that category. And of course, we have boner pills. So you know that research on what beauty means exists. Yeah, yeah. Scientist uh, Chris Solomon, a professor of physics at Kent University. Well, I should say that not he directly says this, but his research says that among the many things that we've learned about, you know, that constitute beauty, uh, symmetry is one of them. Yeah, I have heard that before. There are sort of like lines on a face that are traditionally. But this particular professor's research says that beautiful women have almond shaped eyes, a slim, small nose and full lips. That sounds weird. Okay. Uh, Um. I don't know if I like that statement. I struggle a lot with this because... Because you don't have almond-shaped eyes? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. I don't know. I I really like faces, and I don't know what this face looks like. (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm sorry. What does he think a beautiful man is? Not surprising. Men get off a little easy. The fact that they actually use some of these descriptive words seems really funny to me oval shaped eyes not that funny a mid-length straight nose okay so a woman has to have a small uh slim nose but a man actually it just needs to be straight gosh okay and the last one is he has to have quote average lips Uh, what does that mean wow all of this is based on research where subjects were shown composite images of some of the most boring-looking faces I've ever seen. I don't like this. Also, they're all white. <laughs> oh, I don't. That's like a this. different kind of ism, guys. That's not lookism. Oh. So the idea here is that some people's faces are easier to look at than others, uh, which is true if we're honest with ourselves. <laughs> but the ism comes when we discriminate and treat people differently because of that difference. So far, I don't feel like any of this is necessarily funny. (laughs) Um, Unless, uh, you know, if you've been searching for a term to apply to this sort of thing, now you have three that you can work with. Lookism, facism, and body fascism. Okay. Mm -hmm. I personally, to extend this even further into not really funny, personally, I received uncomfortable... Yes, please do. Make it less funny. (laughs) Treatment from people twice in my life because I'm fat. First, oh. there was this high school kid named Luke Weppy, and his last name was Weppy. 
and he told me I was disgusting and I should die when I got changed in gym. I'm laughing because I don't want to cry on the podcast. This was weird, though, because I didn't know this kid, and I'd never heard somebody, like, who I didn't know have such a hateful tone (laughs) when they talked to me. And I felt like I could just, like, curl up and, like, climb into my locker and pull the door shut. But it was also weird because this other kid, long and lean Luke Newcomb, he goes... Um, is he a fake person? No, he's not a fake person. He goes, hey, leave him alone to Luke Weppy because Luke Weppy was being mean for no reason. In college, too, there was this kid who lived um, down the hall... And his name was Chris Ives. He was from New Jersey. This kid was messed up on a ver- in a variety of different ways. But he was also, like, really composed. And so, like, he was one of those people where, uh, based on the 36 questions, probably, like, after question 18, you'd be like, I'm pretty sure that this guy's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, but his sort of, like, social apathy made me, yeah, believe that, you know, there was something on a higher level really wrong with him. Yeah. He told me that I am fat because I'm lazy and that I should do something to change that. And then one time he made fun of me because he said that I farted like a fat person. Okay, okay, <laughs> Pete. I don't want to know. He had the same tone as the kid from high school, though. And there are many other instances in my life where people made fun of me for being so what's fat. you say? Show me what a skinny person farts like. <laughs> but these two are burned in my brain for life and it's because of like the the just like judgmental tone and like the just general ugh hate that these people had for something that has nothing to do with them yeah this is weird and i hate it so were these people body fascists was i a victim of lookism yes i propose now that we get to the funny part of the podcast and say no these people were not body fascists they were actually just regular fascists. <laughs> they were cacophobes. Repeat, go home. <laughs> Cacophobia is an unrelenting fear of being in the midst of ugliness. Ooh, I don't like anything you're talking about. Vice, of course. I hate <laughs> everything you're this. talking about. Oh, oh, I read that, Pete. In 2015, presenting an interview of Richard Sampson the pseudonym of a man who struggles in his life because he seems to be constantly surrounded by ugly people. Yes, I read that. He comes across having the correct fake name applied because he is a total dick. Is he, like, British or something? Yes. Okay, yep, definitely read it. That was very Um, interesting. The things he defines as ugly are, like, off-the-charts normal stuff. (laughs) And his rude responses to, like, odor or clothing decisions... He's just like really, really rude when he, so like if he was sitting next to somebody who had body odor and he himself was like freaking out and like dripping sweat and breaking out into a rash, that would be one thing. But like he's like, hey, you stink. Do you need some deodorant? <laughs> like he's mean. Yeah, people. he's just a dick. That's a thing if you have a problem. But if you actually like act like a monster, like that's a whole nother problem. Yeah. And if you're looking, if you're sounding like Marissa and you're like, this sounds like a bunch of BS. You might be right, because with this, the exception of this one interview, all other accounts of cacophobia are just on lists of look at this weird phobia. Oh. (laughs) So I don't know if anybody is really diagnosed. And if the guy in this article is actually a real person, he's like horrible. And I hope he sterilizes himself. (laughs) 
if you dig the Wikipedia route, you discover uh, also that ugly laws existed from the 1700s oh as my late gosh. as 2004 in the UK when a beggar was kicked out of Camden because of a neck wound that made him, quote, unsightly. <laughs> Most of the laws in the U.S. have been similar to this 1881 Chicago law, which states, Any person who is diseased, maimed, mutilated, or in any way deformed, so as to be an unsightly or disgusting object... <laughs> Oh, gosh. Or an improper person to be allowed in the streets, highways, thoroughfares, or public places in the city shall not therein or thereon expose himself to public view under the penalty of a fine of $1 for each offense. If you're wondering about the uh, currency since then, that would be about $20 today. Okay. Hey, you're ugly. Here's a ticket for $20. Don't come outside anymore. That's Fascinating. Horrible, but fascinating. However, going back to our science position, in Omaha, Nebraska, in 1974, a court ruled that there was no legal definition of ugliness so that these laws could not be enforced. Yeah, no shit, bitch. (laughs) Then in 1990, here's... uh, Let's see if you're all going to make the connection that I came to, which is, in 1990, the Americans with Disability Act was passed... Which in this case kind of made ugliness a disability. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Because if you are fat, maimed, have a you know a less than attractive face because of some you know condition that you have, anything like this, now you're covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act, which really just cast a light on douchebags to let them know that a disability doesn't necessarily mean that you're ugly. Uh, just because someone is really fat, say because of a medical condition. It doesn't mean that they're really fat and gross. It means that they're disabled and can't do anything about it because of a medical condition. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. uh, People have, of course, especially I feel like in recent years, become much more accepting of different body types. Um, People were fat positive in the 70s. I once had a guy that Marissa and I know named Mikhail... (laughs) Tell me that my girlfriend wasn't that pretty. Oh, I don't remember that. And I didn't really, like, mind when he told me. I had a really odd response rate with with Mikhail. The way that I responded to things were never on par with what he was expecting. But I didn't mind that he said that, and I didn't really take great offense to it, because he fell for really traditionally good-looking people that I thought were all really boring-looking. And so... What we really come up to with this topic is that the concept of beauty is stupid. <laughs> some things turn you on, some things don't. You're attracted to some things, you're repelled by other things. But yeah. remember that we're all just sacks of bones and organs and stuff. And you should be nice to everybody, no matter what that sack of bones and organs <laughs> looks like. Don't don't be like the Chinese man who divorced and successfully sued his wife for over $100,000 in 2012 because she birthed a child who was ugly. Was this the person who had actually gotten plastic surgery without telling him? So the woman was... got about $100,000 worth of plastic surgery to make herself beautiful. Then she got married to the guy. Then the baby came out, and it didn't look anything like her or him, to the point that the guy accused her of having an affair oh yeah this story's amazing and he successfully sued the woman so he won the case and it equi- e- ended up equal equaling about i don't know why i just struggled with equal that hard 
It ended up equaling $100,000. And if you ask me, that guy's a real Dick Sampson. Uh, yeah, Asia has an interesting, uh, interesting relationship with beauty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Are they still married? No. <laughs> okay. They not only got divorced, but then he got that he sued her for money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just make it it's short. odd, yeah. It's like getting yeah. married under false pretenses or something. And yeah. Oh. I don't know. Poor, poor lady. It's real weird. Yeah. Speaking speaking of divorce, congratulations, James. <laughs> yeah, James. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marissa, do you have any questions about lookism, body fascism? Or facism? I would ask you if you have ever felt discriminated against because of your body, but you don't have to answer that because it's not really fair for me to put you on the spot. Um, I've been discriminated because people thought I was ugly when I was little, but no, not my body. Per- my whole person, does that count? You mean, do you mean being Puerto Rican? <laughs> I mean, once I was dating this boy, and someone was like, oh, you're dating her? And, um... That seems that seems pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, uh like so that you could hear it? I was directly next to him. Yeah. Also, the person I was in love with for six years, uh, in college, who wasn't sure if they were in love with me, thought they were and then realized they weren't, uh, once told me though they I think they thought it was a compliment, told me I look better from the side. <laughs> uh other than that I don't remember. Yeah. Uh my father once said Pure innocence. He meant it as if I had control over it. He goes, he looks at a, he just, we're in the car and he goes, you know, I was looking at pictures of you the other day. You look better when you're not fat. <laughs> he must have said this a while ago. Oh, uh, that, yeah, that was when I was a little heavier from college. Uh, now, uh, I also have known Marissa for a really long time now, mm-hmm. and I have never seen her fat. Even when she yeah. says she is. I was just like bloaty. And now my parent, my mother goes, you look sick. And I'm just like, I am sick. <laughs> and again, they act like I can control it because I'm very skinny now. Anyway. So, yes, I have a time or two. I feel like everybody has, I hope. Yeah. I would as sort of so. like a great equalizer of humility. <laughs> yeah, hey, exactly. you ugly. And if you haven't, yes, let this be it. Just yeah, if you this. haven't, we're here to tell you that you're ugly. Yeah, cut this part out. You're ugly, okay? And if you have, you're beautiful. Amen. Yes. I said amen. Amen. So I started yawning in the middle of singing. <laughs> anyway, I liked it. That was a fun topic. Not fun. It was dark, but I liked hearing about it. It's time for... It's time for... Got anything to plug? Uh, speaking of like body positivity versus body shaming, Aidy Bryant, one of the SNL cast members, I think she she stars in it. I think she like wrote it or co-wrote it. Uh, a, a Hulu original show called Shrill, where she's a, a heavier lady that is treated like shit mostly because she's heavier, and then one day she's just like, I'm gonna take my life back, and uh, it's a really good show. And it's really real because, like, she, like, starts, like, taking revenge on people and, like, coming into her own. But then she also, like, treats people like a dick and, like, they call her out for it. So it's not just like, ooh, look at this girl, like, 
coming up in the world and it's happy. Like she's like a real person with like layers. Also, uh, yeah. Pete, Joe yeah. Firestone is in it. Yeah, I know. Have you seen it? No. Joe Firestone has a small piece. Uh, she's in multiple episodes, but for small periods of time, it's very weird, and she's very great. She was in the trailer. Yeah, so yeah. So I watched that. The corn dog. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part was good. Uh, yeah. What annoyed me, but like I wasn't gonna have this argument on the internet and have people eviscerate me. I don't know if you were aware because you don't really like follow celebrity news, but Amy Schumer, who I don't really appreciate, but she was on the cover of some magazine. And the magazine had had a headline, something like, plus-size beauty. But Amy Schumer wasn't plus-size. She was, like, a size 6 or a size 8. So she pushed back and was like, I'm not plus-size. But then plus-size people were like, what's wrong with being plus-size? And I kind of sided with her because I was just like, because I don't even like when you, what do I say? I don't like... When people point out that there's a plus-size model on a thing, there should yeah. just be a model on a thing. So, I don't know. I just, like, it's like everyone's mad at everyone in every single direction. But, like, I just find the whole plus-size, like, I think bigger people should have sizes. But the whole, like, marketing things as plus-size I find to be obnoxious. But I don't know. I, I guess whatever. But anyway, this I just want some pants to fit, guys. That's yeah, all I, I just, want is like, some pants want to, fit. to fit. I would just be like, have more sizes. I wouldn't be like, come out with a specifically plus size line. Like, I just, I don't know. I just think we need to normalize it the same way we need to normalize, like, anything. But anyway, that's my tangent that's unrelated. So, yeah. And that's it for another episode of Y'all Heard. If you'd like to leave some feedback and crap, then do so in whatever app you use. And, uh, you know, figure out our phone number. We're going to make it a mystery this time. If you figure it out, you can call and leave us a voicemail. But also text us some icebreakers so that at least I can get a break. Marissa seems, like, pretty good with it. She can just, like, pull something out of her ass. But, like, I look around the room and I'm like, uh, there's a plant. Uh, uh, Marissa. Uh, there's a marker. Uh, (laughs) Also, offer still stands from last episode. If you give to our Patreon, I will do the 36 questions and stare into your eyes on FaceTime. But you can't just give once for one month. you got to do it for a whole year. Yeah, otherwise I will take them back. <laughs> I'm going to take okay. my eyes back. Yep, I'm going to take back all my answers and all my eyes. Goodbye! Hi. <laughs>